Blog Talk Radio. is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, and welcome to the Replenish Me Show. I'm your hostess, Cordelia Gaffar, and I help women to have a body-soul shift. I do that by encouraging them to drop into their bodies and hearts, acknowledge their emotions as a power source, so that they can reframe their perspective with sweet talk and flow into their ultimate purpose in life. Find out more about my easy-to-follow five-step process by registering for my upcoming webinar, which will be Sunday, October 28th at bit.ly forward slash body soul webinar. That's a capital B, capital S, and capital W. I'm so excited to bring to you tonight's guest, Carolyn Freyer-Jones, and she has been coaching women and men to create greater success joy, fulfillment over the past 15 years. She started out at the University of Santa Monica and creating the coaching program there. And now she has created her own coaching success school. And we'll get more into that. But I want to share with you the amazing topic that we'll be speaking on, which is women and friendship, strengthening our inner and outer sisterhood. Welcome to the show, Carolyn. How are you? Hi, Cordelia. I am really good, and I just want to say how excited I am to talk with you and to serve your people about this topic that's very dear to me. Um, So I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you. You know, I, I find that sisterhood has become subjective, and we really need to define it. And you've really had quite a journey with that. Would you share with us how, um, like, where you started in your relationship struggles and how that played out with your relationship with other women. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So, you know, I think like many women, my, my, some of my defining experiences in friendship started in elementary school and middle school and high school where I had my share of what I thought of at the time as hurtful experiences, right? Girls who decided they didn't like me for whatever reason and didn't talk to me. I was definitely one of the girls that was often on the receiving end, let's call it uh, exclusion. (laughs) You know, I would come home crying because three girls I was spending time with 
decided they didn't like me and stopped talking to me, like things like that, that were at the time very hurtful and, and defining in the sense of I made them, those experiences mean something about me. Wow. I, I, I made, yeah. Can no, you relate? I just, yeah, I can absolutely relate. That's, that's <laughs> happened at least once or twice in my life. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so those experiences shaped me in addition to, I had, I mean, I've always had amazing friends in my life and there was even at early age in seventh grade, there was one friend who is still my friend today. Her name's Jean Marie. She was one of the first people in my life that kind of held a mirror up and was like, stop. She basically said a version of stop letting other girls treat you like this. Don't do that. And that at the time I, I didn't know what that meant, but that was a game changer. And then I'll fast forward you because who wants to hear the the whole long, boring story. But <laughs> I, I ended up as a student at the University of Santa Monica, which is an important thing because they they offer programs in spiritual psychology. Now, I went there because I thought, well, maybe I want to become a licensed therapist. Very quickly, I got clear that wasn't what I wanted to do, but the program itself was life-changing. And that was really the first place I started to look at what, what does it mean to be a friend? Most importantly, how am I showing up as a friend to myself? Mm. And that, and that, that my friendships on the outside were really a mirror for my friendship on the inside of me. Wow. Can you just repeat that for us? That's quite a, um, a realization. Yeah, it was like the awareness through the curriculum and the program, which is highly experiential, and you're basically looking at all of your whole life as you learn these tools and skills. But I, what I started to see was that what kind of friend am I to myself inside of me? Meaning, kind of like what you talk about, Cordelia, how do mm-hmm. I talk to myself? How do I relate to myself? Am I the friend I always wished I had? Hmm. Like, like, am I my own best friend? And for many years, I wasn't. I mean, I want to be really straight. I wouldn't have described myself in looking back that I was loving and kind to myself, no matter what. Right. Like one of the things they say at the University of Santa Monica, it's like, there's never a good enough reason to withhold loving from ourselves or others. Hmm. And that's profound, right? So then it started to shape, it started to shape my own inner connection to myself started to change and started to become deeper and more loving. And and in that journey was also me looking at my own spiritual connection, right? Like, I mean, forget religion, because not that we should forget it, but that's not what I mean. I really mean like, Inside of me, what is my connection spiritually? Do I have a connection to the divine? When I first showed up at the University of Santa Monica, I didn't even know what that meant. (laughs) I was like, divine? Divine what? Like, what are you talking about? I'm from New York. What do you mean? Like, I understand the deli. I know how to go to a deli. I'm not sure I know what you mean by divine. (laughs) So that was obviously a big awakening. Yeah. And then that started to really shape 
everything, right? Like how do I relate to my own divinity and how do I relate to my own connection? And in turn, as my own relationship with myself began to improve, that in turn translated into my relationships outside of me. So like, would you say, did you notice that you were drawing better girlfriends? Or yes. had you, okay. So that was the Absolutely. first thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the first thing, I mean, look, I have friends in my life that I've been friends with, you know, since the dawn of time, right? Like Jean Marie, that woman I mentioned from the seventh grade, she's still my friend. Mm-hmm. And there are many friends that fell away that just like, as I grew and evolved, those friendships didn't match anymore. Mm, right. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what happens when we get on a personal growth path that like some friendships are sustained and some fall away very naturally because they just don't match anymore. Yeah. So I, the, the, I, I deep, the deepest yeah. friends I have are the ones now who are on their own growth path and we can be in that dialogue together. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I have, um, I, I would say my newer group of friends, we are all speaking a language that is new even to us and it's, mm. it's constantly evolving. Would you agree that that's something that is happening with you as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean I want to be straight for everybody. I have friends where that's not the primary dialogue and that's okay too. I still love them. Some of those have remained, but the, but the deepest friendships I have are the ones like you're in Cordelia where it's like, there's a newness, right? We're always like, mm-hmm. we're growing. It's, it's an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean bumps don't come up. Like it doesn't like, I guess I feel like it'd be important, right? If we're going to talk about women in friendship, equally part of that, like any relationship, a marriage, a partnership, bumps happen. Doesn't mean yeah. things don't come up. Oh, 100% we're human. And so what happens when those bumps come up? Like how, how do you work through that? That's a good question, right? Like part of me wants to kid you and be like, I don't know, but I, but I do. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I have my own, like I have feelings and I sometimes get hurt and I, I, I get to look at those. I think my context, just to be clear though, like the context I live in is if I get upset, the word I might use is triggered or bothered I know, given my own training, that that has to do with me. Like, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't, I don't put that outside of me. One of my dearest friends, I just find myself getting upset with. The first place I look is what's happening in me. Mm. What's going on? Like, I, I don't make it about them. I first go, what's happening in me? What's going on? So that, because it's my upset. Even if it looks yeah. like it's about them, they didn't call me or they left me out. I want to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is about me. And often it's a case of, right, if I'm going to be a good friend to myself, it's like if I'm not taking care of myself, and that means like the basics of self-care, but also even inside of me, it's like right. if I'm not being a good friend to me, chances are that's going to be reflected to me outside of me. And is that helpful? Yeah, when when you say that, that actually makes me think of something recent that happened for one of my relationships. And um, like you said, I I got immediately upset. Like I I felt the anger and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. 
why is this anger here? And then I was like, okay, just take a minute and enjoy that. And then when it passes through, you know, think about where, where is that living and why, you know, what's the history behind that? And, um, and it was completely unrelated to that person. It was the situation that was the same as something that happened with my old programming, right? So, right. you know, just because we quote unquote evolve, it doesn't mean that our old programming isn't somewhere there. Um, but we just have to define it so that we can refine ourselves. So Absolutely. Like if I get triggered or upset, I can be almost 100% certain it's going to track back to something much earlier in my life. Yeah. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So, so you're still human, even though yeah. <laughs> you've mastered yourself. <laughs> That's good yes. to know. <laughs> and um, so in your um, evolution, is there anyone in particular who comes to mind that would be a good example of what um, our outer sisterhood should look like? Uh, well, wow, that's a, such a beautiful question, Cordelia. I so appreciate that. So, you know, I think you and I talked a little bit about this, like one of the most, I have, I have beautiful friends in my life and I'm very grateful. And one of the most defining friendships I have had, and I can say continue to have, even though she's not physically here anymore, is with Michelle Bauman, who is a woman who was my business partner for many years and she was my best friend and um, I met her gosh uh, you know she passed away we're going on three years in December so I, and I met her about 10 years prior to that and we met at the gym and she became this person who we started this conversation and it became really a lifelong conversation so we met at the gym. She was a lawyer. I was already working at the University of Santa Monica. It was before I became a full-time coach. And she was, as she would say, drawn to me and wanted to be like, get away from me. You seem weird. <laughs> but really what she was drawn to was what you're describing is like, there was a path that I was on that she was drawn to called growth. Mm. And Michelle, you could say a lot about her. She was one of the most enthusiastic people you could ever meet. She was one of the most loving and warm people, and she was a fast learner. So what happened was she ended up, even though she was sort of like, what are you doing? What is spiritual psychology? Like, what is that? She was so intrigued because we had been having this conversation about her life one day on the bike. We were warming up for our workout, and she was upset about a new job she'd taken within the same organization. And she was sort of like, well, this is about as far as I'm going to go. I've made about as much money as I'm going to make. I have my two sons. I'm married. Like what else is going to happen? And I must've in my own, like I couldn't filter it. It was just too early in the morning. I looked <laughs> at her and I said, what makes you think that you're done? Mm. And in that, like, that was like in her story, she's like, my whole life changed in that moment. And then the conversation opened up more and she ended up going and checking out the University of Santa Monica. She ended up applying. She ended up going through the program. And within the first months of the program, she said, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. Like this, mm -hmm. this is my calling. I want to coach. I want to do this. 
And she said to me in that journey, would you consider doing coaching with me? Like, what if we facilitated women's groups together? And her whole thing was like, look, I want you and I to spend more time together. And I know the only way we'll do that is if we work together. Beautiful. And I couldn't, and I couldn't turn her down. Of course not. I couldn't. And, and so we started to do that on the side of our full-time jobs and it became, we agreed it would be an experiment. Let's try it once. You know, Michelle had developed this workshop in her in the graduate program at USM. And she said, what if you did it with me? Now I'd already been coaching for a while. I'd already been doing a bunch of stuff, but again, given who Michelle was, something inside of me made me say yes. Mm. And we did it and it, it got traction and, and then it kind of expanded from there. And then, and then all of a sudden Michelle said to me, I'm going to leave my job. And, and really I was starting to see, wow, maybe I could too. Maybe I could leave my job and coach full time. And, and it was just this friendship, Cordelia, that never ended. It was like we became business partners and we did all these things together. And we were really growing at lockstep, if you will. Like, so it was one of the, I think, rare situations where we, we were different. Michelle was very different than me in many ways. But we were so in lockstep in our growth. It was like something would happen when we were together and we would text 16 times a day and it was work and it was life and it was friendship and it was challenges in terms of how to, we just helped each other with everything. We helped each other grow our individual businesses. We helped each other in our marriages. We helped each other in our, with our children. And when Michelle became ill, that was a game changer for me. I had never really been exposed to illness in the way I was mm-hmm. with Michelle. And I, I'd never really had it happen. You know, we were 48 years old. It was brand new to me, Cordelia. I had never, I didn't know what that would mean. Wow. I'd never walked anybody through that. And it really became like, Michelle's my business partner and I will walk her through this too, no matter what. Right. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even imagine how devastating that would have been. I mean, for me, I, I dealt with my parents, um, you know, when I was in my 20s. But mm. to have, you know, developed that much of a relationship where you both were basically pulling the light out of each other and not mm. allowing each other to slip down. And then you know that there's going to be an end to that. So yes. w- Although I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know. She, okay. No, because like Michelle had breast cancer and the first round was what we would call a typical breast cancer, right? Like she thought, okay. and we all thought, and her husband thought like, okay, she's going to do the, the protocol and she's going to have a mastectomy and she's going to do the chemo and the, and the radiation. And then she's going to be back on track. And that's what started to happen. And then a year after the first round, she called me, we were on our way to a joint meeting. And she left me a message and she said, I had my numbers checked and my numbers are up. My, my blood is elevated. Mm. And I didn't know what that would mean. And very quickly it meant osis and the breast cancer had metastasized. And that was really the big journey, even bigger than the first one, because Michelle became very ill very quickly. And it was really became eight months of her being in and out of the hospital. And she coached up until probably a month or two before she passed, but the illness was very real. She was dealing with lung challenges. She was on oxygen. Mm -hmm. And that was huge, Cordelia, because not until the last month did it become like, 
she may not stay here. Like this may be the end. And mm. the one com- commitment I had was to serve her. And, and so that meant when I couldn't help her, I had people with her around the clock whenever her husband couldn't be. It was like became the system. Like if she was in the hospital, I would schedule people to be with her when I couldn't be with her. And when her, like her family needed food, another good friend of ours made sure her family had food like every week, every day for weeks. And it really, Michelle was one of those people that she served many in her coaching that people wanted to do that for her. Right. And people who just were Mm -hmm. friends with her. And I just became so clear that I would do this with her no matter what, even with caring for my own family, even though I was in the midst of a move and we had just bought a house, it didn't matter. Serving her was a hundred percent my, one of my greatest priorities and, and my greatest gifts, honestly, and looking back, that experience was so enriching Cordelia as painful as it was. I feel like my my ability to love myself and her, like it gave me a whole new perspective on friendship. Wow, that's wow. beautiful. I'm 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 trying to um I'm trying to um see what we can pull out here um for for people to connect yeah. with. So Do you want me to say what I think people could connect with? Tell me. Well, it's like, look, not everybody, we hope, right? I don't, I can't speak for people's spiritual destinies, but it's not like I'm saying that anybody listening will ever have to walk through that with a friend. They, They hopefully won't. And no matter what, though, what I think all of us can take away from that, even me being the one who walked through it is like, like, what does it mean to have a deep friendship? And what does it mean? Like, does it mean some friends are we willing to care for them until the very end when we're 90 and we're old? Like we're all going to lose people yeah. and we're going to lose friends. And, and like, who do we want to be in our friendships? I'm not saying I want to, I'm not going to serve everyone the way I served Michelle. I don't have the bandwidth, but, but there are all that we each have someone. And if we don't, do we want to cultivate friends that have that kind of depth? For sure. That is what I was looking for. So, you know, I'm, that, that's the one thing I really want women to get to. I want them to have that, um, that depth of friendship with at least one woman in their life. Right. I agree. Um, because it's, I mean, it just definitely makes you the, I, I think the most perfect we can be as a human. Um, you know, the, the only Thing that I've ever witnessed personally that is close to what you just described is um, when, and I bring up the story whenever I think of sisterhood, I always bring up the story. So um, some years ago, my husband's from Bangladesh, so we went to visit my parents-in-law, and I noticed that the women would just come, you know, they knew that we were visiting from the state. So there was a woman who had a garden, and she brought, like, all her fresh harvest. There's a woman who, you know, cared for chickens and, you know, and it wasn't like a thing. So, right. And, and it was just like, and, and they were like, oh, well, you know, she has relatives coming from the state, state. So we have to bring, you know, something for them. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself watching this like parade of people coming in like all week long, like the first week. And it didn't stop. We were there for like a month, you know, it was like just 
all these people like, man, that never happens at home, you know? And if we could just have, you know, one person to do something like that for us here where we live, that would just be amazing. And that, and what you just described, that is, that is the beauty of um, sisterhood, true sisterhood. And that's what women um, really, really, I believe need in their lives. So at this point, I want us to really sink in with that point, and we're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, I am going to share something from one of our um, our sponsors. I'm going to try. I've struggled with this before. Okay. But I, I'm gonna. <laughs> you can do it. I'm going to do it. Yes, I am. So um, let's have like a really quick commercial break. a really beautiful story that you shared with us. Now, if someone wanted to get to a point where they had, um, where they could uh, cultivate this type of relationship, how could they work with you and what strategies can, or what strategy, first of all, I guess, what strategies could you give them? And yeah. then we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about how they could work with you a little bit later. Well, I was thinking as you were, we were taking that break, Cordelia, I was thinking about like this thing, this idea of like, we cannot give to others what we don't give to ourselves. Mm. So I'll say it again. We cannot give to others what we don't give to ourselves. I do think that in order to be able to cultivate rich friendship, it's that piece, right? Like, how am I showing up for myself? You know, many women I talk to, and in many of the women's groups that Michelle and I coached on, women would say things like, well, I'm, you know, I, I'm there for my family and I'm there for my friends, but they really had not learned yet what it meant to be there for themselves. And, and in some ways we don't, we can't really experience, I think, true heartfelt friendship if we haven't learned how to be that for ourselves. So one of my encouragements to people in general and women, especially is like, like, like the things we think we want in a friendship or by the way, a marriage or a partnership. Right. Are you doing that for yourself? If I'm bothered that my husband is not paying attention to me, I know the first place I need to look at is where am I, how am I paying attention to myself? Like, what am I, why am I outsourcing that to him? Right. Like, how have I, have I paid attention to myself? 
if I'm tired and overwrought, am I putting myself to bed early? And it's like Mm -hmm. that women can really start to be like, if you had, if you could make a list of all the things you'd want in a friend, I love to ask people to do this, make a (laughs) list. What would you love to have in a friend? And by the way, it works for like husband, partner, et cetera, Mm -hmm. list. And then, and then I say to them, now look at that list. Do you do that for you? Mm. That's a really great exercise. <laughs> right? Yes, 100%. So, yes, I encourage everyone to do that. Make a list of everything that you're looking for in a friend and, and see where you are on that list. For yourself. For yourself. Yeah. For yourself and really, like, go, well, to what, am I show, if I'm bothered that my friends don't make time for me, do you make time for you? Mm. Even 10 minutes in the day? How much do you appreciate yourself? How much do you put good food in your body? How much do you talk kindly to yourself? You know, it's like, I know women who struggle in friendships. And I think that when I, like, I, I think I shared with you, Cordelia, I did a one day event for women called Women in Friendship, right? The inner and outer, outer sisterhood. And it was inspired by, obviously, my friendship with Michelle, but all my great friends. And right. one of the things I had everybody do was to create like a, like a history of friendship. Right. So they could they could pick out like five defining friendships in their lives and to look at those friendships and to go. And it means like elementary school, middle school, high school, college and look for the themes. Like, what are the themes that keep showing up? Because if I have if I have disappointment in my friendships, chances are that's a theme. Okay. And the theme is worth looking at. It's like if, if I experience women as disappointing me, it's like, where does that track back to? Hmm. These are some really good exercises. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's important, right? Because it's like we're like it's like we can track back. Like, what decisions did I make? Like, I know me. I made a lot of early decisions based on how those girls treated me. That I wasn't worth it. That I wasn't like I had a I had a lot of neediness mm. as a as a little girl and a young girl, right? And and people felt that, and and I I made that wrong, and I made it. I judged myself for it. And, and not that neediness is a fun quality. I mean, I, it's not attractive. I, I'm clear. <laughs> however, however, I, I was needy and I don't want to, I don't want to discount that little girl who felt needy. Right. Can I, can I go back and, and hold her hand and become the friend and person she needed me to be? Hmm. I had needy down. I was really good at being needy, <laughs> by the way. Like I was a you pro. Know, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I would have to say I have gone through a period of being needy myself. And, and you're right. You definitely have to go back and be that little girl, you know, everything. And, um, and understand where that neediness came from and, examine are those stories that she tells herself are they true are they true mm-hmm. and, and what did I make it mean when those girls turned away from me like what did mm-hmm. I say to myself because we know I know that I made a decision that something was wrong with me mm-hmm. yep and to go back inside and, and one of the keys in my work Cordelia 
that I did learn at the University of Santa Monica is the tool of self-forgiveness. Yeah. And self-forgiveness, I want to make a distinction. It's not so much about forgiving those girls for being mean to me, right? That's one level of forgiveness. Self-forgiveness is more about, am I willing to forgive myself for judging myself as bad or wrong? Am I willing to forgive myself for judging myself as, as not worthy? Yeah. I, I, um, I do this calm the chaos challenge and it's gone through several different versions. And the, the version that I did in the summer, I likened forgiveness to bliss um, for exactly the things that you just said, because like once you free yourself from like, man, I judged myself so much, but you know what? I forgive myself because I know better now. And, you know, I'm not going to hold on to that blame and shame. And you feel so free that I can't think of another word to use rather than bliss. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I agree with you on that for sure. And um, just to go back to the first thing that you were talking about making a, you know, a list, of the qualities um, that you look for in friends and outsourcing responsibilities like to your spouse and stuff about quality time and that the vocabulary that we use is so very important because I discourage heavily the use of that phrase me time, right? Okay. You know, it has that resentful kind of passive aggressive thing. And I like the phrase and I see you use it very easily quality time right because that's what it is um just like you you schedule a date with your spouse or you schedule um, a meeting with a client you schedule quality time for carolyn right so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah and and i think look i'm like everyone right i am as i am as susceptible to like uh confusing quality time with uh netflix and eating cheese time. To me, they're not the same. Like, this isn't me. Like, don't get me wrong. I love a good night of Netflix. Like, I binged on The Handmaid's Tale. I scared myself half to death. And it's fun. But I don't know when I look back on what I did. Was that quality time? I'm not sure. But it, but so I mean, like, like, look, I'm all for, like, fun, like, kind of zone out TV, HGTV time, but I'm also, what we're really talking about to me is quality time, like really mm-hmm. that slow down, like spending time with me time, even when it means I need to just be with myself in my feelings and have a good cry. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like to stare at the wall sometimes myself. That's, I love you know. it. That's cool. <laughs> That's some good quality time right there, right? Because I, I bet you don't you don't get a whole lot of that. No, I don't. I right? don't. <laughs> but a good five minutes there at the wall, oh, nothing like it in the world. Yeah, so. well said. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. <laughs> so just to recap, the strategies that you um, encourage are make a list of what you want in a friend and see if you're being that to yourself. Um, and number two would be to look at your history of friendship and pick out five defining friendships and look for themes. 
and the yeah, last because yeah those themes right? will yeah those themes will point us to healing opportunities right okay okay like the themes of like oh man look at this I had ruptured friendships at these different stages of my life but there was a theme around those ruptured friendships mm-hmm. it's like I want to look at the themes and go what are, what are the healing opportunities there for me right. Like, like, what is it showing me that's maybe unresolved inside of me around whatever it is? Okay. All right. And then um, point number three would be about self-forgiveness. Yeah, I think it's important as a, like, look, I think, you know, many women have very full lives, right? And it's easy to start to get sleepy to how is is just like most women I know are so thinking so fast in their lives. They're not even aware of how much they're judging themselves, how much they might be judging other people in their lives, including women. Right. Like, like I think you, Carly, you bring out an important point in your work, which is like, how much are we going to be champions for other women? Even if, even if, I'm, there, there's someone I would never end up hanging out with, but I, how am I, how am I relating to other women regardless of how different we are? Like I, w- I want to be a champion for other women, no matter what. And I only know if I can do that if I'm a champion for myself. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. And you know, I, I, I do see, you know, in the women that I'm meeting these days and, and it may just be me radiating, radiating out that and getting that back. But I'm finding, you know, like I get friend requests on Facebook and sometimes on LinkedIn and women are just like, you know, when I ask them, so like, how did you happen upon me or why did you want to connect? They're like, you know what? I live in like nowhere Ireland and I saw one of your inspiring posts and I just thought, I don't know any Muslim women and I wanted to connect with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's them wanting to get outside of what they know, um, yes. you know, and I, and I, I love that women are starting to see their, you know, humanness in other people. That's, um, that's one thing I, I always encourage. And it's funny because it's that, it's a British hip hop artist in his song. He said to look in the mirror and find no enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you look in the mirror and that's the problem. We see ourselves as an enemy and we project that out to the other women that we see mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because we're not even seeing our own humanness, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's so beautifully said, right. It's like, it's like if we're, if we're out, if we're, discarding parts of ourselves as unlikable and unworthy, we're going to, we're going to then do that same behavior outside, right? Like if someone doesn't like, it's so easy. And I think by the way, we're socialized that way, like Mm -hmm. waking up to greater acceptance of ourselves and all the parts of us, even the ones we deem ugly or unkind. I mean, like I'm human. Sometimes I'm not as loving and as, and as kind as I would like to be. And can I, can I forgive myself for judging myself when I, when I was, I'm really always, we're always doing the best we can in any given moment, even if it doesn't look that way, we really are. 
Yeah, we're struggling. You know, it's 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 hard to be human, and it's um and we don't want to be in the ugliness of it. But sometimes, like you said, you know, we're socialized and we just don't know another way. Sure. And, and what I love though, Cordelia, about what you said, I love that like some person, some woman living in Ireland was like, like con- wants to connect with you. And, and because she, she sees uh, like on the outside, it's like, Oh, I don't have anybody I'm connected to that's Muslim. But what's so great is like, right. Like on the inside, everything you and I are talking about transcends anything on the outside. Exactly. And, and that's the point. Yeah. Women. I mean, like to me, what I witnessed when people cared for Michelle, women rock, like women <laughs> are amazing. Like, look, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Michelle's husband and my husband turned out for her and there were, but like women are willing to get in there when it's messy and when it's uncomfortable and when like, like there were moms that she was, was connected to her children's school. I didn't know them, but like they came at me. Like, when do you need someone like women really are extraordinary in our ability to like show up when, when life gets, gets messy and hard. And I, I, that I like those women, even though I never really knew many of them personally have a special place in my heart and, I always want to remember wherever I am, right. That like, we're all walking around with like, like life is complex. It's beautiful. I love life. I think life is amazing, but it's complex. People work with a lot in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many plates spinning at the same time, you know? Um, And like, you know, we were talking before we got started here, listening to the countdown. <laughs> and, the countdown. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it's like I'm traveling right now with my family. And, you know, we did, we decided that it would be more exciting to drive, you know, oh, the wow. 11 hours. <laughs> so, you know, it's, there's all those plates spinning and, but the thing that I have for myself is I calm myself down with um, two things, but my favorite thing is to cook. So as soon as we got here into our, our house, I, you know, pulled out my spices and everything and I started cooking and the kids were like that it changed the energy immediately, you know? So um, I love that. What did you make? I want to hear and you know, I didn't even make anything elaborate. I, I literally, I just, um, I have something different that I do with meat sauce where I mix it and I actually, we're actually using grass fed beef, um, this time. And, um, I just used it with, um, with, the the smaller gourmet potatoes, white potatoes. Wow. I mean, it's, it's really not anything elaborate, but here's the thing. I, you know, I, I sit down with my little kids first because you know how teenagers are. They kind of come when they come to the table. <laughs> so the little ones were like, mom, it's so simple, but it's so delicious. Mm. And I was like, my heart just melted. And, you know, they just sat there quiet and ate and smiled at me. And I was like, wow, like they don't do this at home. <laughs> right. You know? So, Yeah. Well, what I love about it is, right, like, it's like, what I hear is you slow down, it's like, in the act of the spices and the making, like, something slowed down inside of you. Yeah. 
which is so cool. And and I think the other thing that's important in this context, Cordelia, like friendship, how often are we taking time to slow down with each other? Mm, Yeah. Very, very key. Right. Like I think we live very full lives, most of us. And I think if we're not like my, I'm really clear, my friendships are a priority. And that means I will make time for them and I, I'll figure it out. But that, that has, that's an important thing on my calendar that goes up there in quality time. Mm. Definitely. So I'm going to add that as a fourth point, making quality time for your friendship. Yes. And, yeah. and I, and, Cause you know, look, I think a lot, I have friendships that are sustained by one, like people I don't see very often, but if I go back to New York where I was raised and, and spend time with them, it can nurture us for a year. Mm-hmm. I still have to get back there to make that happen. Right. Yeah. That's so important. And, and, um, yeah, I have friendships like that, too, where it's just like we just keep in touch seeing each other physically probably once a year. But then, of course, you know, technology, we've got the phone and social media yeah. and whatever in between. So definitely, you know, I want to take the last bit of time that we have together. Um, I'm enjoying this conversation so much. I, I could easily, quite <laughs> easily go over time, but I'm going to pull it in. And I want women who need help in this area to connect with you. So how, tell me um, how they could work with you and, and what you offer to help people. I guess you work with men and women too. I do. I work with both men and women. And look, the easiest way to find me is, you know, my website, which is just my full name, right? It's carolynfrayerjones.com. And that's the easiest way. Just Google Carolyn Freyer Jones. And it's always, people always say it's Fryer, F-R-Y-E-R. It's actually F-R-E-Y-E-R. But other than that, like I do all sorts of stuff, Cordelia. So sometimes I do these one day events for women on different topics, right? So I have women in friendship. I have women in leadership. That's another one of my favorites to talk about and to help women on. I do work with people one-on-one and um, people can write to me via my website. You know, there's a way to reach me and you can do that. And I do work with individuals in their lives and I usually work with people for six months or a year and Mm -hmm. that's really deep, intimate work, right? Because one-on-one coaching is, is beautiful because it really allows for that. It allows for, to really get in there. And, um, that's, I, I love the combination of things. So I love working with people individually. I love doing live events for women. Um, I haven't done a women's coaching group in a while just because I right now I'm focused on my school for coaches, but I've certainly, it's not like at some point I will do another group for women and I love doing that. And that's a rich area for women to work on their lives. And, and when, when I've done groups for women, you know, they're usually three months or four months or six months. But one of the things that shows up time and time again is like women come in and work on something, right? I want to work on my marriage or I want to work on my professional life. But often, and I'm saying this so that everyone knows, it often all comes back to how <laughs> am I doing from, with my relationship with myself? Yeah. It's almost always the work comes back to on the inside. How are you being with yourself? 
And that's true in my work with coaches, right? Like coaches who want to grow their businesses often are hard on themselves because they're human. Yeah. And how do we, how do we move beyond that? Right. How do we like, really, it's like, it, there's never a, a good enough reason to withhold loving from ourselves ever. There's no reason. No one's ever going to be like, but Carolyn, look at what I did. Look at how much I messed that up. I'm like, okay, but that's still like, you're not going to convince me that that's a good enough reason to be mean to yourself on the inside. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's no um, infraction in the world that's worth it really. Nope. And, and there's no, because we're human. We're going to fall down, right? We're going to behave badly sometimes because it comes with being a human. (laughs) It just comes with it. And that's never a good enough reason to, to not love and accept ourselves and to learn how to do that. I am such a fan of anybody, Cordelia, and it just sounds like you've done the work that's willing to get in there and do the inner work to learn how to be more loving and kind with themselves. And that translates into the world. You know, many people are concerned about what's happening in the world. And I always like part of the message is like, you know, how are you doing with you? Because that translates into how you're showing up in the world. It does 100%. And, you know, another thing that I, I try to introduce now that I've learned to do it for myself to my community is, um, you know, we're here and we could look at it as play instead of, you know, making it so stressful for ourselves, right? Because we love our to-do list as women. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to see if how quickly I can get these three really super-duper hard things done and see how much fun I can have doing it. And then if I can do that, maybe I'll look at the other stuff somewhere on that list, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's just such a load off. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, it's and the it, same, it, right? It's like how we relate to our to-do list is the issue. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe we should come up with, do you have a different name? Do you call yours a to-do list? What do no. you call it? I, you know what? I just try not to have a to-do list. That like, And that doesn't mean that's a good thing, right? Like, I don't have a better name for it. It's other than, like... I, I, I have stuff I have to do and I, I try not to, um, it's like, I think when we look being human means there's things we need to get done in our lives. Right. And depending on how we set up our lives, whether we're married or not, or have children or not, life comes with things to do in it. And I, I want to, I don't want to treat those as like the bad part. Like I want to, I want to be like, you know what, I'm here waiting online at the DMV. Can I be, <laughs> can I be full of joy even in that? <laughs> or yes. if I'm not, if I'm not in joy, can I at least, you know, manage to not like, I remember my husband once said to my daughter, you know, like she was getting frustrated. We were waiting in line for something. And he's like, you know, peanut, we spend a good portion of our lives waiting in line for things. Mm. We might like how we relate to that is it, it really makes a difference. That's a really good point. <laughs> right. It's so funny that you brought up the DMV that that happened to me I guess it was like three or four weeks ago I was like oh my god I have to go to the DMV Uh, and I was like wait what if I don't dread it what if I say I'm going to go there and I'm going to meet one really awesome person 
And I tried that. And do you know, I met one really awesome person. <laughs> I'm sure you did, right? Because it's like, look at what you, look at the intention you set. Yeah. It's even possible, right? The DMV can be an actually a positive experience, believe it or not. And I know for most of us, it's like, how could that possibly be? But it's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Wow. Great insight. Great conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for, for um, being on the Replenish Me show tonight. Uh. It's such a treat to get to connect with you, Carly. I just love what you're up to and I love the people you're serving and like, I love just how you share about it and how you present yourself. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. That's, that's so lovely to hear. So I want to invite all of you listening to, especially if you resonate with all the things that, Carolyn has shared with us tonight, please connect with her. Go to carolynfrayerjones.com and see what she's up to, um, see what she can offer you. If you are a coach and you feel that you need some help with that, look into her coaching success school. Um, She's worked with some legends in coaching like Steve Chandler. And of course she she told us a lot about Michelle Bauman. So, yeah, definitely you want to connect with her. And Cordelia, one other thing, if they go to my website, there's videos. If somebody wants, there's like, there's interviews I've done. There's a lot people can download. That's just great free content. And anybody can always write to me and I'll send them something. Yeah, that's what I do. Your, your website is really a great resource. It really is. I love it. So um, the next step for me is hopefully to connect with you or come out to California and meet you personally. It looks like you have someone else who wants to be interviewed on the show. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. That'd be super great. So um, let's see. Is there any, any closing thoughts that you would like to share? Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I just want to say that like, you know, you had posted about this interview and, and, and um, I just, I just want to say that like, to me, friendship is just one of the greatest gifts in our lives. You know, it's like, it's one of the ways that I get to be reminded that like life, like there's nothing better than a laugh with a good friend, right? Like to laugh at the craziness of life, to laugh even at the pain, you know, to laugh at, it's like, it's an amazing thing. And, and I just want to say to everybody, like friendship is a godsend, right? Like, and to whatever degree you have it in your life, it can only make life better. And, and that includes your own friendship with yourself. You're like, to really get, you are like, we are awesome. Like my friendship with myself, I'm a really good friend to me. And I'm so grateful that I can finally say that. And I want, I want to offer that that's available to everybody. Beautiful. Yes. I love that. You're finally a great friend to yourself and that is available for everyone. Available for everyone. And, and it doesn't matter how long it takes, right? Like, I don't care. Do it. Do the work now. Do the work. It, you can, who cares if you turn into a good friend for yourself, whether you're 30 or 80, it's all yeah. a win. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, and every moment choose. Um, 
choose yourself, choose your vibration and choose, you know, to, to, to chip away at that list, you know, that, and actually do those exercises that she's recommended tonight. So I, I thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all the listeners and um, sharing is caring. So definitely if you benefited from this conversation, share this because, if it touched your heart, if it'll touch the heart of your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, your relatives, and you never know whose life can be turned around. And this day and age where we're hearing so many people um, taking their lives, um, mm-hmm. this, this may be the one thing that will make them see the light to, to better understand that that's not the answer. The answer is just, you know, opening up that door to friendship to themselves, to sweet talking themselves, to reframing um, their perspective and seeing that self-compassion is real and you can be gentle and loving with yourself and, and be very supportive. And that when we have those emotions, um, of those negative emotions, right? The sadness, the anger, the frustration, they're not there to bring us down, but they're there as a power source because it's it's your body giving you an alert. What is it that I should do differently? How can I do this better? It's not, woe is me. It's it's the other way around. So Mm. um, there's always a silver lining. So again, Sharing is caring. Please share this with your friends. Please connect with Carolyn. And please come back in two weeks to listen to the next Replenish Me show um, where I'll have Lynn Owens on. Mm -hmm. And um, next week, or no, not next week, November 7th on the Life Coach Network radio, we have um, the next episode of Undivided. So, October 31st, there will be no show, no live show. Um, the next show will be with Frank Maduri on November 7th, and that will be the next episode of Undivided. And then I will be back on November 14th with Lynn Owen. And, um, yeah, so have a beautiful, amazing, lovely evening wherever you are in the world. And thank you so much, Carolyn. You're so welcome. Good night. Good night.